Hey guys, what's going on? In today's episode, I had a really in-depth chat with Ravi Abhavala. Ravi's just recently launched his fifth online business, and so he shares how he's been able to do this by building systems and processes that allow him to automate and delegate as much of the work as possible so that then he can focus on bigger picture ideas and spend time doing things he loves. Let's jump into the interview, and thanks again for tuning in. So, Ravi, thanks for coming on the podcast. I think I discovered you, like we were talking about, through your friend Jeff Seconder, who was a previous guest on the podcast. Um, so for those that who are listening right now, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, of course, Now, uh, First of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, one of my goals this year is to be getting on bigger and bigger stages, bigger and bigger media presence, and this definitely helps me towards that. So I'm incredibly grateful for it. Um, I hope you don't, don't take it for advantage. But yeah, so Jeff's a good friend of mine, uh, also one of my clients. But essentially, my name is Ravi Abubala. I have a few different online businesses. One of our main one is a, a commissions on demand system where we teach real estate agents in North America how to get 30 to 50 booked appointments with pre-qualified buyers and sellers every single week. Uh, and that obviously leads to more closings and more deals. And I also have my personal brand, coaching, consulting, and at a very high level uh, for some entrepreneurs, I set up systems and processes. So they're allowed to essentially live the lifestyle they want to live, traveling the world. You know, a lot of people get into the online entrepreneur space to, because they want freedom and not have to work that nine to five job. And the next thing they know, they're spending 15 to 18 hours a day in a room working even harder for less guaranteed money. Um, than they would for the nine to five. So, you know, that's a little pet project of mine is kind of pulling people's head above the water there, showing them what's actually possible uh, and showing them how to live the lifestyle that I, I think that's why they're out in the business in the first place. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll jump into some of the detail of, of that. Um, but do you want to just first start on kind of your journey to where you are now? You know, did you just suddenly land in this whole online business space or... You know, were you previously in that kind of nine to five job beforehand? Uh, yeah, so a great question now. So it's actually pretty funny, right? Um, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who's trying to put in an application to work with me. He was like, oh, I got a, a master's in marketing. I was like, I don't have any degree in marketing, man. If I told you my story, <laughs> you, would, you would laugh. I was like, that means absolutely zero to me. But yeah. um, essentially, uh, to keep a very long story short, whole life, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. You know, I saw suits on TV. I saw all these different law and order. And I thought, ah, this glamorous job, you make a lot of money. That's what I want to do. So for absolutely zero reason whatsoever, other than money, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I put my, uh, my sights on that and started working every single day. Every action, every move I did was dictated by me becoming a lawyer. Uh, graduated from Florida State with honors and was taking a year off to start studying for the LSAT, which in the United States is pretty much a law school admission test. And uh, I wanted to get into a top 10 school. And so I was like, you know, I'll take a year off and focus on this and then I'll get into a top 10 school. And three days after I graduated from college, my dad was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. And oh uh, he lives by himself um, in Atlanta, Georgia. So I ended up kind of canceling all my plans, moving in with him and I, you know, I'm kind of a pig-headed guy, so I literally was like, well, I'm not going to stop studying. So I pretty much every day uh, for about eight hours, I was studying for the law school. But at the exact same time, I was driving my dad to and from chemo and radiation five days a week. So I was literally in the cancer unit studying for law school in there uh, wow. for almost, almost 10 months. And 
to be transparent with you, um, kind of keep this short. I just really realized after speaking to other lawyers and after seeing, I mean, I don't want to get too sad here, but just seeing the age of some of the people in there and like, you could just see in their eyes that this had come out of nowhere. And I could tell when I, I literally would talk to some of these guys and uh, Gary V talks about regret a lot of the times. And I would talk to some of the people there and they would explain to me how, you know, they kept on pushing stuff off. There was even a lawyer there who kept on saying, I, I wanted to save up enough money so I could start living my life. Uh, and then this happens and it, it really debilitates you. And so pretty much I was pretty scared to get out of the law school mindset of where I was going just because I had told everybody for 14 years that I was going to be a lawyer. And that's yeah. what was expected of me. Right. And I come mm -hmm. from an Indian background and my dad and his family, they all like either you be a lawyer or a doctor. Right. And yeah. um, so essentially what happened was I took the test because I already put about eight months of work into it. I scored in the top 10% of test takers in the United States. So I could have gone to one of the top 10 schools that I wanted to. But uh, after reading a fantastic book, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, after reading that book, I said, you know what? I'm so afraid to tell other people that I don't want to do this. That is literally ruining my life. And I'm doing what other people want me to do. So I just woke up one morning, walked downstairs and said, Dad, I'm not going to be a lawyer. Uh, yeah. And... And obviously that didn't go over too well with him or pretty much anybody else in my life. And I started Googling online how to make money uh, online. I found essentially Ty Lopez's course and I was working his SMMA course and I was working as a waiter at an Italian restaurant making less than $1,500 a month uh, yeah. while I was studying, trying to start my online business. And you can imagine the look on a lot of my family's faces when, you know, I was supposed to be going to, you know, Chicago, University of Chicago Law School, like one of the top law schools in the nation. And I dropped out to work in an Italian restaurant uh, yeah. as a waiter. So it was a bit Doesn't of a shock. That well. yeah. yeah, I did. I, it, it was hard in the beginning, but uh, I still, you know, eventually when I started seeing success, people started coming around, but I always joke around. I talked to, you know, I just was featured on Fox News uh, a few weeks ago. And um, I, my aunt from, she's from India, called me to congratulate me. Uh, and then she said, so when are you going back to law school? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, <laughs> I yeah. just couldn't, you know, there's some things you can't get through. But she, yeah. she means well. She just wants to support me. But, yeah, so that's essentially no no want, desire, or need to get in this online space to be an online marketer or an online entrepreneur. But um, very slowly started seeing people online. That's what I love about social media that people kind of don't talk about is that because I was able to see other people living those lifestyles, I knew that it was attainable. And I knew that I could do it myself. And so mm. I just put the work in and that's kind of how I got to where I am now. Yeah. And so you took the, the course by Ty Lopez and then I guess, did you just, did you start a social media marketing agency or how did that all play out then to, to where you are now? Yeah. So I uh, took the course. It's supposed to be like, I don't know, a two month course. I took it in about three days um, because yeah. I was, I, I hadn't worked for a whole year. I was studying for law school and I was taking care of my dad. So I was like $12,000 in credit card debt. Uh, since I graduated yeah. college. So I, I didn't, I hadn't worked for a whole year. I was like, I got to get money now. So pretty much took the course and uh, literally consumed it immediately. And I love, I think one of the biggest mistakes people take is not taking action immediately. And I was like, mm -hmm. fuck it. So I literally happened to be out at dinner with uh, uh, the girl I was seeing at the time. And nobody knew I was running a social media marketing agency, right? Once again, I was so afraid about what other people were thinking that I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. They just still thought I was a waiter. And mm -hmm. uh, or they thought I was going to law school. And so I was having dinner with this uh, young lady and her parents and her dad's a plastic surgeon. And he's like, yeah, man, we're looking for someone to run our social media. Like, you know, we want someone to take care of it, get us new leads, have us a presence out there. 
I was like, uh, and he was talking to his, uh, his daughter and he was like, do you know anybody that does that? And I was like, oh, I do that. And he's like, oh, you do? And then the young lady I'd been dating for four months was like, you do? No, you don't. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like uh, yeah. So I literally walked in the next day, uh, presented him with a contract. Um, I still remember this day. I was so nervous. I spent about eight hours the night before preparing everything, doing an audit. I showed up there. I started talking and he literally stopped me in the middle. He's like, look, I just believe you. You seem like a good guy. Here's a check for $2,000. And I just stopped me in the middle of my presentation, gave me a check for $2,000. And literally it was that moment that I knew I can make this a real thing. Like I can make this happen. This guy just paid me money like that. And then it was tangible. And so yeah. from then I literally quit my waiting job and I just went literally full force into uh, to the online agency and that developed into lead generation and that developed into coaching and consulting. Yeah. And so how long ago was this? Was this last year or a few years ago? Or? This was the December of 2017, November, December of 2017. So two, a little over two years ago. Yeah. Nice one. And so now you're, you're, one of your primary focuses is on real estate lead generation. Yeah. I, uh, you know, in all of these online courses, they tell you to stay away from real estate, real estate agents for about a million different reasons. But for that exact same reason that everyone stays away, I kind of figured, well, if I can figure it out, you know, yeah. this would be a huge There's opportunity for me. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, after much, much, much trial and error, and I mean a lot of trial and error, um, we've really kind of hashed down a system here that is working better than anything else I've seen out there. It's actually working so well now that uh, I, as of four months ago, got my real estate license and I opened up a brokerage in the state of Florida. And we run this exact same system that I had been doing for real estate agents for 14 months. I now run it for my own brokerage in the state of Florida as well. So nice. we kind of put our money where our mouth is and literally we do it for other people. We teach them how to do it. And then yeah. we also run it for ourselves. Yeah. I'm sure that's a good selling point. The fact that you've had so much or seen so much success that actually you're convinced that it worked enough to open your own brokerage. It's definitely so one of our unique selling sell. propositions. Yeah. People, everyone's like, well, you know, we get pitched this 10 times a day. What makes you different? And I'm going to say, well, how many of those marketers are real estate agents? And usually yeah. I hear crickets on the other end. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> I definitely did it for multiple reasons. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. And so can you maybe break down, you know, exactly what it is you're, you're doing? So I guess in a nutshell, real estate brokers or, or agents, um, you know, they have houses that they need to sell and they want to find buyers. Is that yeah, buyers or sellers, essentially, like uh, relatively similar to the UK. But essentially what it is, is these agents have been paying thousands of dollars a month to Zillow and Trulia and Redfin with almost no return on investment or they keep on having hidden fees or more charges or they don't have any control over it all. And so what we pretty much do is teach agents how to leverage YouTube ads, Google ads and Facebook ads, literally copy and paste funnels, images and ads in order to generate the leads themselves. And then we mm -hmm. teach them how to have those leads qualified through like an inner service agent. So essentially an assistant for literally dollars. Um, you can have each lead be qualified so that you're not picking up the phone and calling all the cold people. You're actually having someone else do that for you, warm them up and get them ready to know if they're either buying or selling a home. And then they connect you with them in a booked appointment. So mm -hmm. you're pretty much taking complete strangers to booked appointments in your calendar, pre-qualified. Uh, through a system that's insanely easy to set up uh, and very little maintenance on it. So we kind of figured it out, cracked the code. And then uh, in order to kind of bring it to more people, I developed this coaching program where we do six weeks, twice a week coaching calls and a course where I teach real estate agents and brokers and team leaders how to actually do this for themselves. Yeah. 
And so touching on the the point where you get them to be a qualified lead, who who is it that does the kind of warming up, you know, calls in between before they are a booked appointment in the diary? So we teach them. There's a, a handful of different services out there um, that you can use. We've used about 18 different ones between automation and actually outsourcing it uh, and hiring your own uh, virtual assistant. So we kind of know what works and what doesn't work. And so we yeah. show you people that you can pay, uh, you know, a few dollars per lead to have it uh, to have them qualify each lead for up to six months after they come in. We teach you how to find your own virtual assistants for two dollars an hour, train them how to do it, you know, how to set up automations yourself. So we really usually give three different options. Here's the most expensive, efficient. Here's the middle of the road that um, that's that that's definitely doable, but maybe not as efficient. And then here's the cheapest result, uh, cheapest thing that you can do and still get results out of it. So we kind of give them an option because we know people's budgets vary. Yeah, yeah, nice one. I think I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was actually your friend Jeff that you mentioned. He was speaking about basically documenting different processes for businesses and I think he mentioned a tool and then also you know just spoke to it a little bit on kind of how businesses should go about it can you maybe just touch on that and you know how do you how do you think the whole process of outsourcing a certain part of your business that is obviously able to be outsourced yeah, no. So that's a, a fantastic question. So the reason, you know, I just this, like I told you last week, I launched my fifth business. And the reason I, the, how I'm able to launch five businesses in two years, they're all playing into each other is because I le- I work less than four hours um, every week. And I know it's cliche, but in my business, I could work more, I can work less if I want to. But I've set up my life that way um, through systems and processes. So I was lucky enough to be around some really great people and read some really fantastic books that kind of touched on it a little bit about the difference between the the typical entrepreneur who is working 12 hour days, doing every single thing themselves, has nothing documented. um, And it's pretty much when you add up how much money they make at the end of the year, divided by how many hours they're putting in, they're usually making less than minimum wage. And I knew that's not how I wanted to do it. And I knew in 2019, you can leverage currency power. So like one, like where I'm right now, Medellin, Colombia, one US dollar is 3000 Colombian pesos. So how Mm -hmm. to leverage workers and people in different countries where uh, you can pay very little US dollars and get an um, insane uh, amount of work from people that are on pesos or rupees. There's a a really great saying I love. It says, uh, life is amazing when you get paid in dollars you compensate your team in rupees and you live on pesos. And that's literally a kind of a lifestyle that I live on right now. But essentially the idea behind it is that everyone thinks that they have this complicated, unique proprietary system. And I get it. We have a pretty proprietary system for our real estate agents, but people, the mistake people think is there's no way this can be systemized. There's no way this can be documented. This changes every single time. When in reality, what we've seen by going through 43 different entrepreneurs, showing them how to do it is that it really can be documented. And Uh, You you just need to kind of know how to do it. And not only can it be documented, but more often than not now, what happens is like when I sat down with Jeff, Jeff was kind of saying the same stuff. When I sat down with Jeff, it was like we realized where the inefficiencies were in his process and in his program and in his lead generation and in his consulting. We realized where he was actually wasting time. And when you have to sit down and type something out on how you're doing something, you, you, you force yourself to realize the inefficiencies that you're doing in it and how you can kind of change it. And that's literally exactly what we did down here. And so we figured out where he was spending most of his time that wasn't revenue generating. 
Uh, and what we did was we documented it. There's, I think the program you're talking about is called Asana, A-S-A-N-A. It's a fantastic yeah. website. It's free. Uh, you can pretty much create a checklist for your team to do on there. And um, what you can do is, you know, we find virtual assistants for $1.50 to $2 an hour to do this. That's what I did for Jeff. But pretty much what you're doing is creating a to-do list on that certain, you know, task or object, whether it's daily or whether it triggers when something else happens. And then now you just create an SOP once, a standard operating procedure, and you never have to worry about it again. So yeah. that's really where I'm at in my business right now. And it's honestly, once you get there, I had this conversation with Jeff yesterday. Once you get there in your business, it, you literally can't beat it because anytime you have an issue or a problem or something arise, all it takes is about a three minute process to create a standard operating procedure on how to handle that. And then you can delegate that to the rest of your team and you never have to worry that, about that again. And one of the reasons I said in the beginning that I think attributes to some of the success I've had is that I take immediate action on things that I think are, are good for me. And I'm able to take immediate action because either A, I have my team doing 90% of the work of what I do on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. So I have a lot of free time. So when I see a good idea, I can jump right into it. Or B, if I hear a good idea and it's you know something that I'm like, oh, I can create an SOP for it, I'll create an SOP for it. And then my team can start doing it the next day. And then I'm actually doing it, quote unquote, but really I'm outsourcing it to my team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's so valuable. And I think for me, that's something I know that I need to get better at, even just in, even just in day-to-day life, but mainly with this podcast, you know, I think something I picked up on an earlier guest as well was like you say, outsourcing, you know, the editing piece and, you know, just getting someone else to do that. So that it, freeze up your own time to focus on on different areas and like say jump into different ideas um yeah i mean what's your your editing your editing piece i don't mean to interrupt you but i just want to this is i'm going to nail this home for you because this is where we're going to make change with you right so the editing piece you're doing is that driving your bottom line forward like is that bringing you new guests on your podcast are you helping your audience reach more people during that time Probably not. You're probably sitting there just having to edit something that while it may be a little complex, I can almost guarantee you, you can find somebody in you know, Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, uh, either Philippines, wherever for a few dollars to do that. And so I know you run a really successful podcast. I was checking it out myself. You know, your time has to be worth more than that. Yeah, and I know too. that it's so- super hard. Yeah, it's super hard to do it. Right. I, I literally the reason Jeff did it. And the reason why most people do that work with me is because there has to be enough pain for you to do it. And that yeah. usually comes when you pay. So when somebody pays me a good bit of money for us to do that for them, well, now they're invested in it and now they have to make it happen. But if it, the pain is not there enough, right? So for you editing these videos, like, yeah, you know, you should change it, but maybe it's not hurting you enough for your day-to-day life. So you don't actually do it. So you have to think, when is the pain going to be enough for you to actually say, you know what, enough is enough. Let me start living the life I need to live. Let me start freeing up the time to do the stuff that I want to do instead of spending it on just super mundane tasks like editing. You're exactly right. So prior to the the episode, I think it was with another podcaster. He kind of revealed to me exactly what you said there. You know, prior to that episode, I was doing all the editing on the, the podcast and doing all the essentially. And he just pointed me in the direction of VAs in the in the Philippines. And so that's exactly what I've done. I've hired someone and he's able to, you know, do that. And obviously you, you pay them. But like you say, it just frees you up to, you know, focus on on essentially yeah, uh, revenue generating activities and, and finding, um, you know, other people to come on the podcast and, and, you know, more important things like that. Yeah. Or living your life right now or doing something. 
traveling yeah. or, you know, it's not all, it doesn't all have to be business, right? Everyone's like, oh, well, I don't really want more money. I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's three things that I've learned people want in life, time freedom, location freedom, or financial freedom, right? And so the biggest one for me is probably time freedom. I want to wake up every single day and choose what I want to do and what I don't want to do. But if I have, you know, we have over 83 clients right now. If I didn't have my virtual assistants here, my team here, my account managers, I, I would be, you would never see me. I wouldn't be on this podcast yeah. right now, right? But because I have the systems in place and I have an amazing team that works with me, we're able to do what we want to do. And that's literally what I teach real estate agents as well, right? How to get virtual assistants to call expired listings for sale by owners listings, you know, how have them do the qualification process, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't matter what business you're in and it doesn't matter if you think you need it or you don't need it. For a dollar fifty to two dollars an hour, I guarantee you, money back guarantee, there's something in your life that these people can be doing for you that will save up your time to allow you to either a make more money or b do more things that you love. Mm -hmm. Totally, yeah, totally agree. Is is there anything in your life that isn't maybe even strictly business that you have outsourced or you know documented as a as a process? Oh, yeah. I mean, we do I, <laughs> pretty much almost anything that I do that I can outsource. I do, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, I've had uh, I've had my dinner reservations, lunch reservations, uh, Airbnb travel, uh, flight reservations. Um, what else have we had? I haven't personally done it, but I'll tell you, I know somebody that has their Tinder being taken care of by a virtual assistant, you know, online dating being taken care of by your virtual yeah. assistant. Um, sending. I have uh, the other day was my mom's birthday happy birthday mom and she uh I, I guess she might not know this but i had you know we're we're pretty slammed down here right now like i said i'm launching my new business and so uh i had my virtual assistant my team go and find a bike for her on facebook marketplace uh in our local area then negotiate the price of that bike down 30 percent and then uh pay that person over paypal for that bike and i had my friend pick it up and drop it off to my mom <laughs> yeah. so uh you know it, it's literally anything that comes up that I'm just like, oh, I could do this, but my time is better spent doing this. Or instead, I want to go on a helicopter ride or go ATVing or whatever it yeah. is. I can just have them do it. And they are insanely efficient. I've he heard horror stories about virtual assistants, but if you know where to find them and you know how to train them, uh, I, I have a complete and total faith in mine. So it's literally people's stuff varies uh, thing to thing. I've had people do um, research reports for them, school reports for them. Like it doesn't, if you can do it yourself, and you don't have some kind of advanced, amazing training, then they can most likely do it. And even if you do have some advanced, amazing training, like we run Facebook ads, and I've taught my team how to do the Facebook ads part of it. So they're literally these virtual assistants, even though they're $1.52, $1.50 an hour, um, they have learning capabilities just like anybody else. And to be just transparent with you, they're some of my best employees. They're some of the hardest working yeah. uh, and the most diligent ones that I have. And so if they don't know how to do something, they don't bother me. They go figure out how to do it, and then they solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think something that is you know some some people might hear this and think that you're ripping them off but actually i think you know for them firstly it's it's potentially a good wage and secondly like you said there you're actually teaching them you know very valuable and highly you know marketable skills that they can then move on you know if the relationship between you and them ceases to exist like they have those skills that they can you know move on you've developed them and they can continue to to work, you know, effectively and potentially for, for more money. Yeah, that's a, I'm so happy you brought that up now. That's literally a fantastic point. Cause I've heard that a few times. I mean, first of all, I'll say that like, you know, I can't please everybody. Right. So, uh, you know, people are going to be upset that I'm doing this, 
and that's good for them. I wish them the best of success in their life. But I will tell you this. Every single virtual assistant that we get and that we train comes from – We yesterday we had an interview with one. They came from Chase, American Express, AT&T, Xbox. Uh, you, you literally name it if it's a large national – Amazon. You, lar- you name it if it's a large multinational corporation. I almost guarantee you that they have call centers in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and they're doing the exact same thing. The difference is this. Number one, they pay less than we do. So I know you think $2 an hour is a little – well, these companies pay less than $2 an hour. Number two, I've actually had a few of the people um, that we've had come over. The reason why they left that company is because they didn't make enough phone calls that week. And so they didn't, that company, multi-billion dollar company, didn't pay them for that week's work because they didn't hit enough calls for that yeah. week. It was like 10 calls below what they so needed. It's a bit more cut And number three, yeah. just like it is. And number three, just like anybody else, they want to work just the whole same reason you and I got in the business we want to do. They want to work from their home. They want to be there with their kids, their partner, whatever it is. And so almost almost every single time, even if they're taking 50 cents to a dollar pay cut, they'd rather do it because they can work from home and live at home and take care of everything at home. They don't they have traffic over there. They have problems going to the office. Same thing as we do over yeah. here and where you are in the UK. And so you're helping them avoid all of that. And on top of it, just take care of them, right? One of my um, assistants, it was her son's birthday last Friday. You know, we gave her a significant bonus because she's a single mom for both her and her son to have a fantastic Friday. They took off four days. They went traveling. Um, and so just take care of them and they'll take care of you. I honestly don't think, and maybe this is me being cocky, but I see my team and talk to them every single day. I honestly don't think if somebody came in and offered them three, $4 more an hour, I don't think they'd take yeah. it. Because, you know, we have cultivated such a fantastic environment, a work environment there, and I actually care about mm-hmm. them. And I know my other clients that we work with care about theirs. So I, I, people that say that, I just don't think that the, it's like the same people that told me that Columbia was the most dangerous city and then I'm going to get kidnapped over here. It's usually people that say stuff like that have usually never experienced the thing that they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, totally. And so wanted to touch on, we, we talked a wee bit about it there, but how do you go about actually you know, documenting those processes? Is it, is it really just a case of, you know, thinking through exactly what you do and, you know, writing up a, a bullet point list of here's the first step, here's the second, or do you record it or, or what do you do? So uh, what we usually tell people when they sign on board is, look, for the next seven days, you're going to write down every single thing you do all day long, every day for the next seven yeah. days. Um, and usually they do it, you know, if they pay a good bit of money, usually they get it done, but it's an incredibly important task. Cause what you realize is I usually don't realize how much time you're spending on shit that doesn't really mm-hmm. matter, right? How much time you're spending on stuff that doesn't move the needle forward or that it's just mundane or that you could easily outsource. And so we look at that after seven days, we figure out what are you spending a lot of time on that you shouldn't be spending time on? What do you wish you could be doing, but you can't do because you're spending time on other stuff like this. And then once we start figuring out what we need to pay attention to. And then literally it's just as easy as like just on a sauna. I tell them to pull up a new sheet and number one, it's best to really write it on a piece of paper because it forces you to be concise and it forces you, you don't want to write 10 pages out. So you write on a piece of paper. Hey, this is what I want to do. I want you to friend request 10 people every day from these Facebook groups. And so what you do is I type out an exact procedure. Number one, go to facebook.com. Number two, type in this name in the search bar. Number three, Join all these different groups. Number four, once you're joined, go in there and friend request 10 people every day from each of these groups. And once I have it written out all the way down in a checklist, I then use a screen recording software called Loom, L-O-O-M. And we actually go through the checklist 
and I say, hey, in this video today, I'm going to show you how we're going to add friends on Facebook um, groups. Number one, you type in Facebook.com. And then I show on my screen, me typing Facebook.com. I click the check mark off and I just go down the entire list and I just literally check the thing off and I act like I'm them doing it. And so it's twofold. Number Sorry. one, they can see it just in the yeah, writing. You broke up a little bit there. Rewind like 10 seconds. Oh, the, essentially, once we have it all written down, I have them actually yeah. record it. I record it myself or I have the client record it where you can actually go through the checklist and do exactly what you have the checklist and you act like you're them pretty much. And you literally go through and make sure everything looks good and you record it all. And so by the time you're done with it, you put that with the checklist and your virtual assistants or your, this could work. I have multinational corporations, multi-million dollar companies do the exact same thing. I've worked with them before for their employees. They pay 80 grand a year for it. doesn't matter. The concept's the same. And essentially you give them both written instructions and a video instruction, how to do everything for you. Uh, and then you just give it to them. And then you never have to worry about that ever again, you know, in case there's a hiccup, but you usually never have to worry about that certain task ever again. And so you can move on to the next yeah, thing. Totally. It makes so much sense when, when you spell it out like that. And I think, you know, obviously many online entrepreneurs and businesses could definitely, I'm sure systemize and, and, you know, write up the processes that they're doing that just aren't efficient or that could definitely be, be outsourced. Yeah. But they don't, right? Yeah. But they don't. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people should be doing a lot of things, right? I shouldn't have eaten a donut uh, for breakfast this morning. But uh, essentially, you should. Everyone knows what they should do. But like I said before, usually the pain point isn't there. So it usually either takes them paying money or enough uh, pain to hit them from them missing out on their kids' birthdays or missing out on family vacations or be not being able to travel the world and keep putting stuff off and off. And so you can do it one of two ways, right? So you can find somebody like a VA staffing agency or like something that we do where someone can train you and you can avoid all the hiccups or the missteps, or you can do it yourself, which is also, if, if it's either not doing it at all or doing it yourself, I would recommend doing it yourself. And it's not that difficult. And even if like worst case scenario, Right. Even if you don't hire somebody yet, create your business out in an SOP, figure out what your service system or offering that you're doing and create a little document for it, because this is the other benefit of it that people don't realize in order to scale. Right. To get where we are based on where we were 18 months ago is because 18 months ago, my mentor told me, look, you can't be keep on offering dentists, chiropractors, real estate agents, doctors, restaurants and custom packages for every one of them. You choose one service, one offering, one system, one niche, and you scale that up. And that's literally what I did. And so a lot of the times when we're working with some of these clients and we're trying to systemize their stuff, the reason they think they can't systemize it is because they don't have a business. They're pretty much a body for hire. Literally, someone says, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do website uh, design? Like, yeah, yeah. The other guy says, hey, can you do graphic creation? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just hopping back and forth doing a million yeah. different things. When in reality, the real secret to scaling is having one service, one offer, one product and offering that a million times over again. And that's how not only you increase your margins, you become the expert in it, but you also remove yourself from the business. Because, you know, the other day, to be transparent with you, I was uh, I woke up in the morning and I got a call that I didn't love and it kind of put me in a funk and I literally didn't feel like working that day. So I went up to the pool and I listened to some Tony Robbins and I laid there all day and my system worked completely fine. We signed on two new people to our business. Uh, we had a customer uh, complaint that my team handled and everything was all good. And I literally got to take a day off. No problem. The needle was being moved forward. And I know just too many entrepreneurs who, if they were, something were to happen to them, God forbid to them, their wife, their kids, their husband, whatever it is, 
their whole business will come screeching yeah. to a halt. Um, and at that point, you don't have a business, you have a job, right? Yeah, 100%. And so do you have, you mentioned you've got a team and that some of them are with you, but are some of them, firstly, how many of them are there? And secondly, are they all based with you? So we have uh, six uh, virtual assistants, and then I have an account manager that's based in the United States, and I have uh, salespeople that are based in North America. And pretty much there, none of them are based with me. I travel quite a bit. Like I said, I'm in Medellin, Colombia right now. I'm going to about five different cities on a little bit of a speaking tour and, and a snowboarding tour, if you will, nice. uh, in the next few weeks. And so um, none of them are really based with me, and I want it that way. I, I want people to be able to work from their home. It doesn't matter to me. As long as they show up and they produce results, I could care less, right? I'm not going to ask you to sit in an office all day long if I'm just out here globetrotting, yeah. right? So as long as I can produce results and whatever the time frame it is, that's fantastic for me. Um, but yeah, we don't have anybody in-house. I run a very, very mean and lean business in the sense of if I don't see you or your contributions moving our bottom line forward, then uh, unfortunately we just let you go. So everyone that we have is, is a top producing person and what they do in our company is directly measured to uh, either client retention or client creation. Yeah. Nice one. So you mentioned earlier about, you know, you had a mentor back maybe 18 months ago. It, do you still have kind of people who, you know, you pay to for them to kind of consult with you uh, or do you have mentors or how does it, what does that look like for you? Yeah, you know, ironically enough, um, the mentor that I had 18 months ago, we're, we're pretty much what used to be me paying him $1,000 for an hour of his time every time. Now him and I are very close on, on similar levels. Yeah. So, you know, the saying is like work until your, your mentors or your heroes become your friends or whatever, however it goes. And so that's literally what happened yeah. to me. And we both add value to each other's yeah. lives. But I still do, you know, I'm still constantly, I'm, I'm speaking with somebody right now who's, uh, I won't name names, but huge in the real estate game, online marketing game. Uh, and so I'm in kind of communications with him to just kind of pick his brain back and forth. It's really hard to get a hold of him. Once again, I created a system for, for my team to do it, but uh, get a hold of him and start working with him. But yeah, a lot of the mistakes I see, and actually, ironically enough, now I put a video up of this on my Facebook and my Instagram today, but a lot of the mistakes I see is people are afraid to invest money. Yeah and uh in themselves and either in a mentor or a, a coaching program whatever it is and back in the beginning if i told you that client of mine that plastic surgeon that i got for two thousand yeah. dollars a month was my only client for six months in the first six months mm -hmm. of my business my old, i was making two thousand dollars a month for six months in this business and i absolutely hated it and it wasn't until i found uh this agency mentor uh and paid him ten thousand dollars and the next month i made fifteen thousand wow. dollars and so it literally was it pretty much a, a switch was flipped and I realized what I was doing all wrong, but I could have, I would not be speaking. I could still be doing $2,000 a month for yeah. all I know. And so I, what I've consistently realized is every single month when my, you know, the number, my bottom line, right? My Amex card, whatever I get the bill, whenever that increases every single month, almost always 90% of the time I see a corresponding increase in the amount of money I make as well. And so people are always afraid to spend money, right? I think that's a huge that disadvantage, right? The people are just so afraid that, oh, what if I don't get my money back, whatever it is. And that's just a scarcity mindset where in my mind, if it makes sense, and I've done the, the calculated risk. I don't think about it too much. Like, uh, you know, worst thing, worst comes to worst. I don't make any money off this. I lose some money off of this, uh, but there's enough money out there to go around. There's no shortage of money in the world. So I know that I have the skills, the capability and the drive to make that money back. And I get, I spent $18,000 last year on e-commerce training, coaching and programs and ad spend because I wanted it to work so fuck 
you know, badly. And none of it ever worked. I lost all of my money. I lost over $18,000 last year on e-commerce training. And, uh, you know, I, I just wrote it off. I was like, all right, well, whatever. I tried to do yeah. it. And I promise you I'll never try to do e-commerce yeah. again. But, uh, you know, it was a lesson learned. And, uh, and to be honest with you, because I paid that, I got really close to another gentleman who's one of the top real estate agents in um, Phoenix, Arizona, through that mentorship that I paid that I didn't really get anything out of it. And that's what I got out of it. And him and I are very close. And he sent me hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of new business and clients and homes sold. And so, um, you know, people don't realize is that usually what you're doing, there's not really a wrong um, move. There's not really going to be a mistake that's going to be made. Uh, whatever you did, it'll kind of re- the, the benefit of it, the silver lining will reveal it to itself to you in, in the right time. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, just touching on that point about investing in yourself. I think that's came up over the past couple of episodes in the interviews that I've had with people. What what would you say to someone who is totally unfamiliar with that concept of, of investing in themselves? You know, what, what, what would you say to, to them in terms of starting out, you know, in investing in a mentor or a coach or whatever it is, where would you guide them? Obviously it depends what they're interested in, but what would you say to them? Yeah, uh, that's a great question now. So essentially what we always tell people, right? So the number the, the Warren Buffett said this, so the greatest investment you can make is in yeah. yourself, right? Not in real estate, not in, you know, stocks, not in bonds, whatever it is, but in yourself, uh, your personal brand, because that's something you keep with you forever mm-hmm. and no one can take that away. And so, I used to be like a lot of other people. I didn't really believe. I thought like, you know, personal development books were mumbo jumbo and nobody, you know, you couldn't really learn anything from them. But I mean, I told you earlier on the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I mean, that literally, I, that, I remember it significantly. That was the turning point in my life when I realized that I was caring way too much about what other people thought of me. And I was literally about to go $250,000 in debt and even worse, three years of my life towards something that I didn't even want to do just because my family and my friends and society told me it was the right thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, so uh, luckily I invested in a $14 book that told me that. So what I always tell people is the order is like this, um, books, you know, if you're just starting out, read books, doesn't even have to be in the industry or the segment that you want to be in. Just read personal development books, you know, think and grow rich, the 10 or habits of highly effective people, how to win friends and influence people, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, whatever it is. Those are some fantastic ones to kind of get your mind, dip your toe in the personal development water, if Mm -hmm. you will. And then, you know, the next step, at least for me, was buying a course, started realizing, okay, like, let me see some actual online training. Let me take some videos. Let me get in a Facebook group where people who paid money and there are similar, you know, areas than me. And then after the course would come, you know, like a group coaching where I'm surrounded by a bunch of other people trying to do the exact same thing. It's a little more expensive, but I've made money along the way and I see the value in it. And then finally, the next stage, final kind of stage would be mastermind slash one-on-one mentoring, right? Where it's like, Hey, uh, I, this person, and this is what I'll say as a caveat to all of that, be very careful who you let influence your life. Um, I, I, I see, I made this mistake in the beginning. I was taking advice from six different people and I was paying them to tell me these six different things and it was dragging me all around and I didn't really know which one to listen to. And I was trying it all and I wasn't really getting success on any of them. So I always say when you get to the point of finding mentors, uh, going to mastermind, et cetera, et cetera. If that person that you're looking at that you want to pay money to, if they are not exactly where you want to be, if they are literally not living the life 100% in that area that you want to be in, do not pay them a dime. And make sure they prove it to you, right? Make sure they can show it to you because unfortunately there's a lot of fakers out there. But if they're not where you want to be, then don't pay them money. And I made that decision uh, at the beginning of uh, last year. And I said, you know what? 
if this person is literally not exactly where I want to be, I'm not going to pay them not only any money, but I'm not going to pay them any attention. And that is really where I saw my business skyrocket was when I closed out the other influences. So definitely start books, courses, group coaching, and the one-on-one mentorship, yeah. but make sure that, uh, make sure that it's leading towards exactly where you want to be and not somebody else's agenda. Yeah. Nice one. Where do you get your best ideas? Uh, what I get my best ideas is typically, uh, when I meditate in the morning, right? So I meditate for 20 minutes every day nice. and, uh, I usually keep my notebook right next to me and, uh, I have ideas that kind of pop up in it and I, I try to hold on to them because I don't want to open my eyes, but I hold on to them until the very end. And then I, uh, I, I just jot it quickly down in my journal. And then luckily because of the systems and process I have, I kind of have the freedom to pursue that the rest of the day. Nice one. What what's the most useful product or service that you've bought in 2019 under a hundred dollars? Uh, <laughs> uh, I I bought it every single year, but um, Zapier, right? Z a p i e r. It's an online automation software. It's like thirty five dollars a month, yeah. and you can pretty much automate everything. I'm sure you know what it is, but anybody listening back home, it's like it, you if something happens in your life or your business, it triggers something else to happen. And so if you're running an online business or any kind of business, there's a lot of mundane tasks that you, you're probably doing on a day-to-day basis that you can honestly outsource or automate is the number one. Always automate, then delegate. Yeah. And so literally I have at the enterprise level of it because we have like 300 different zaps, 300 different programs that are running at the same time. That means that we don't have to do anything. And that's like $35 a month. So, I, I mean, I highly recommend that. Yeah. Nice one. And finally, any strange passions or hobbies that we might not know about? from following your social media um not really I, I try to be myself as often as i can on social media a little a piece about me a lot of people don't know is i i absolutely love my time alone um yeah. I, I mean if i had to choose between going out with a bunch of people or hanging out with a bunch of people or staying inside and reading or just like being by myself i'll always spend time by myself yeah. i think a lot of people are super afraid to be alone um, I think they're afraid of what they're thinking of and what if they don't like what they hear. And I was in the beginning as well. I was kind of afraid of what, what my own thoughts were going to lead me. And I decided instead of going out with my friends and drinking, kind of masking that to kind of dominate it and tackle it and try to get peace with myself. So a lot of people don't realize it because I'm a super like outgoing, energetic and, and passionate person. But to be honest with you, I absolutely love going to bed at nine thirty, ten o'clock every night yeah. <laughs> by myself and, and waking up early in the morning and spending those hours just all by myself. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, that's been that's been super valuable, definitely for me, and I'm sure for everyone that, that listens into the podcast, especially around that whole kind of systemizing and, and automating, you know, not only your business, but, you know, certain aspects of your life. So thanks, Riley, for, for jumping on and chatting to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I listen, man. I, I appreciate you even reaching out to me in the first place, I think. I absolutely love podcasts. If I, if I had the time or the drive, I would, I would try to create one myself. I know based on my friends that do it, how much work goes into it. And I've, I've listened to some of the other ones you've done. I've talked to Jeff about it as well. And I know not only do you have a great following, but you continue to put out great content. So I, I just want to let you know, I, I am incredibly grateful uh, for the opportunity of you having me on here, man. Let me speak to your audience. Nice, Thanks again.